Talkcast 124, and we've got no guest tonight on Sci-Fi Saturday Night, deep in Area 51. I am the Dome, uh, joining the Talkcast tonight, the usual suspects in the revered Time Vortex, from the stacks of her personal silent zone in the dank dungeon reading room, it's Zombrarian. Hello! From the Four Color Vault of Comics in Manchester, New Hampshire, Illustrator X and his lovely ingenue, the Dead Redhead. Are we on? Hello? Stop it. <laughs> no, Hello, technically we're not. <laughs> and, of course, from the Outpost Gallifrey Nymphomania Catch and Release Center in the Little Skipper Pavilion of the Barbie and Ken Museum in Montclair, Mississippi, it's Awake by Java. I have a little pink Corvette. <laughs> Better than a little red Corvette, but not by much. Skipper didn't well, have really, a Corvette. It's not really my Corvette. It's it's Barbie's. Ah. Thank you. Oh, okay. Java, I'm so proud of you for knowing that. <laughs> she, she lets me drive it. My, That's my, illegal. You're 12. If you're yellow, skipper, you're 12. I'm not skipper. I'm Ken. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know. That's what they all say. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not skipper. Oh, sorry. In any case. Uh, Does that mean you're Gilligan if you're not skipper? the ocean. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, we've got no guests tonight, and we've had technical problems up the wazoo, but geez, what else is new around here at Sci-Fi Saturday Night? Where technology is not only your bitch, it is not your friend some nights, and tonight's been one of them. Uh, so let's start where we normally do start every week on our Facebook poll this week, the sci-fi character that best represents their city, Dead Redhead. That's what we did. We asked what character represents their city the best. After that whole thing about bombing Detroit off the map last week, we thought we would see and what would happen if we said, well, who is actually representing their city and giving it good cred? So I am very proud to say that in third place were all zombies for Pittsburgh. I am very proud to say that. I have... No um, affiliation with that whatsoever. <laughs> Go Pittsburgh Zombies. Um, coming in at second is RoboCop for Detroit. Okay, last week we wanted to get rid of now, Detroit. Wait a minute, is that this old week? or new Detroit? I don't know. It's I mean, not New Jack City, so that's really all that it's matters. It's just Detroit. Just Detroit. And, of course, number one, because every time he shows up on a poll, he goes to number one. Batman. What? 
It was a landslide. It was, it was a landslide. Hmm. Batman for Gotham City. What well, a surprise, you know, folks. That's, that's not, I mean, we're talking about which superhero best represents their city. And, well, you know what? Batman is broken. No, not, not superhero. Not superhero. Character. Oh, well, whatever. Yeah, well, because, yeah, the My Little Ponies didn't really count. <laughs> um, Batman <laughs> is broken and Gotham City is broken. But you know what is curiously not on here? Oh, boy, here it comes. Go ahead. Well, you should have put it on then, Java. Uh, well, I should have, but I didn't look at the poll until just now. I'm a oh. horrible person. <laughs> I am such a You are. Person. You are. First you, Java. But, uh... Sean the no, non-believer. I, I think every time... <laughs> Every time that I that I uh, go to Chicago, I start looking for a really tall guy in a uh, in a uh, with one red shoe, <laughs> with a pentacle hanging around his neck, and a and a, cow, a cowboy hat and a, a big black duster. Randy Savage and a hockey oh. stick. No, I'm looking for Harry. <laughs> I'm looking for Harry Dresden, and I'm going to put it on, oh, on the thing right now. Uh, I vote for that. Represent the Midwest. Well, you know, we, we, we did have, you know, Cthulhu for Arkham, which I thought was kind of weird. Uh, uh, and, uh, having the Powerpuff Girls for the city of Townsville. Well, that's because you wrote that one, next. Well, yes, because they have, <laughs> every single cartoon starts with that. It's like, I wonder where this is located this time. The, the city, city of, of Townsville. Townsville. Okay. And, and I'm really concerned about the people who voted for Pinkie Pie of Ponyville. I'm concerned about that, too, <laughs> personally. Yeah. But we have a bunch uh, of bronies listening to the podcast. We do. Really, people... Pinkie Pie is the one who represents the most. But what really bothers me is that, you know, somebody like Rick Deckard. Nothing? Come on, two votes? Seriously? I know. Rick I Deckard? Know. I know. Well, but see, here's, the, here's the problem with, with Deckard. I mean, it's, it's not really L.A. now, right? No, it it's, isn't. No, it's L.A. in the future. It's hard to imagine. It is. It is uh, hard to imagine. I, I no, I agree, really Java. For a second, I thought you I, turned into John Lennon. Wait a minute. I and, think and that. To be perfectly honest, I don't think that Deckard is represents that 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 uh, setting very well at all. No, he's more of like a New York cop. So, okay. do you think that Auto did a better job for Automatics? <laughs> did a better job for LA? <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, I'm just going to stick with Harry Dresden. <laughs> So here's, here's where I want to go from this. If you have one character that represents a city better than anybody else, I think this week we proved it in Washington, D.C., where Bender won the election to the school board. <laughs> oh this is, <laughs> and this is the problem with computers right here. <laughs> they put in a brand new uh, computerized electronic voting system and it got hacked. There you go. And Bender is now officially a member of the D.C. school board. Uh, well, <laughs> what Thank I want to know is, does, no... does Matt Gronig get to, like, 
use that? Are you kidding? If he doesn't, <laughs> better if he use that. Doesn't, oh, absolutely. I can't think of anyone better to 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 be on the DC. I mean, the DC schools are screwed up. <laughs> so, you know what? Go for it. I think that Bender would be a great role model. For those <laughs> Who else are they going to look up to? Politicians? Right. Yeah. I mean, what else are they going to hack in Washington, D.C. anyways? So, so here's the deal. Okay. The city wanted to test their e-voting system, so they invited hackers to try and breach it. There's yeah, a stupid idea. Accepted. What a stupid <laughs> idea. Two grad students at the University of Michigan were the first to go crash override with it, okay? They stole the election, made Bender the winner, and then they increased the security to keep other people out. There you go. They then appointed Bender the winner, had a final sign-off screen that said the word owned on it. I think that's the best. (laughs) The absolute best. Well, here's here's the lesson. I mean... There is no system that is secure. There we go. There isn't. You, uh, there, there's nothing in the world that is secure. You can, you can l- turn it off, unplug it, lock it in a vault somewhere, and if somebody is de- dedicated enough, they will get to it and change it. You know According- where I learned that the best? The movie DEFCON 5. <laughs> you may be right. You may oh, be I right. I think I missed that one. That's the one that where the no, where the two high school students um, accidentally, like not even on purpose, accidentally hack into the Pentagon's computer system and think oh. that it that their um, radar screen is a, a war game situation. Um, si- wait, wait, simulation? wait! That's the movie War Games. <laughs> no, no, that no, is that's Def 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 Five. That's a different and movie. They, and they make the U.S. think that we're about to go to war with Russia because it was made in the 80s. Right. This is the movie so war, games, war Games, except that it had Ferris Bueller as the star there. Exactly, and that makes it awesome. <laughs> oh, jeez. No, no, because there was the car commercial during the Super Bowl that also had Ferris Bueller in it. and Which was horrible. It was not Which awesome. Which was not awesome. Well, actually, you know what? Everything about that was awesome, except for the car. Which yeah, was a piece of junk. If it was a nice from, car, oh, it would have been what, a good commercial. A, they went from a Porsche in the movie to a, a Honda? What? <laughs> a Honda SUV. It was basically a mom car. It wasn't even an SUV. It was like a crossover. It it's, was like, like an it's like if Ferris Bueller stole his mom's minivan. It was a wind-up toy is what it was. <laughs> Look, it, it in, was, in the U.S. right now, in the United States, there are 33 states that have some kind of electronic voting system, okay? And none of them, absolutely none of them, are secure enough to resist a hacker. End of story. Financial attacks are easy to detect because at some point money goes in, money comes out. If an election is hacked, you may never know it. It's a one-time act, typically isn't checked after the results are announced, and people are elected. I mean, look what happened in Florida eight, 10 years ago. Yeah, I was going to say, say, that's an analog not, hack. Exactly. That was yeah. ads. Uh, I, uh, this, is, this is what I take away from this is um, elections have been rigged forever, so your vote doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> uh, oh, 
Wow, that that's incredibly painful to to, to well, deal with. You know, you know, some pretty dark episodes lately. Have you noticed that? I have. You know what I just no. learned? I learned because mostly money comes out of my account and very little goes in. That's why people leave me alone. <laughs> Yeah, I would love someone to you know what steal else, my identity right now. Because <laughs> I have no money and they could add some to it. There you go. You know what else people should uh, should leave alone? Yeah, but go for it. The what is Hunger the segue Games. noise? The Hunger Games? They should leave it alone? What do you mean they should leave it alone? They should leave it alone and stop putting out news about it. Because apparently there are two new clips from the movie... There are. There yeah. absolutely are. It's all over the place. Even NPR's covering it. Well, guess what? Now, again, this is a board game based on Whitley Stryber's novel, right? Smack him. <laughs> How many just hit him? Please hit him. I did. Thank you. He just didn't say owl this time. Hit hey. him harder. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> the Hunger. Susan Sarandon. Lesbian scene. Look it up, people. <laughs> but I'm so sorry. I'm sure, this, I'm sure this movie will well, have some right. merits, too. It will. It will have a lot of merits. We're already, I think we're it already seeing them. It has bows and arrows. Cool. It has cool. Lenny Kravitz. Yes. Which doesn't Absolutely. actually... That's not a positive. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> no, for me it is. I saw that nice. clip with Lenny Kravitz, okay. and I was so happy. It takes me back to the late 90s, and... There, there wasn't much good then. No. No. We can all agree on that one. It had its moments, but just not one of them. Just not many of them. I mean, look, I think The Hunger Games is probably going to suffer from too much hype. And I think that's a shame. I think that is a, a distinct possibility. And the problem is, is that people like me who are super, super into the books are loving all of this hype. And all of the hype so far has made it look very, very promising. And the well, problem is, if they don't deliver exactly what they're promising, which was, which is a relatively... Impossible. ...true to the book... <laughs> yes, you're yeah, right. It's relatively impossible. impossible. And this, this is the problem. You know... This is the problem. With I'm still this taking the day off. Work. Can I? Can I just say two words, okay? Battle Royale. Thank That's you. all I'm gonna say. Thank you. Is, how how close is this going to be to Battle Royale? Not very. Why would it be? Because it's the, the same only similarity the only is that there's the kids hope. killing each other. Really, that's the actually. Only you know similarity. what? That's the thing that makes me giggle. I love that. That's fantastic because. I've the kids are killing each other? Yes. Because, yeah, because, uh, you know, I know so many people, people who do not read. I have a friend. He does not read. He, he just doesn't. Like, it's not something that he does. And okay. He, he, I w- we were on a trip, and he picked up my Kindle and started to read it, and then he went home and read all three books in, like, a week. And this makes me giggle because... You're you're so into and so excited about a book that has children killing each other. <laughs> I mean, just put that, just put, take that out of context. You know, you know well, what else whoa, you should take out of context is all of the keyboarding that's going on right now, Dome. Yeah, yeah really. really. <laughs> you know. Woo. Okay. It's dope. Somebody was excited. But uh, it's always all dope. I know, 
So is it true that William Golding is basically suing everyone now for ripping off Lord of the Flies and cutting into his conch cell hey, market? you know what? This, this story of children killing children has been around for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not a new thing. What makes you say that? Well, because all you have to do, all you have to do is spend about 20 minutes in a room with more than three 10-year-olds, <laughs> and you know, you understand why it's such a great story, because it's a fantasy. It's like, it's like, uh, I don't know, some sci-fi pulp novel from the 50s, you know? Right. Journey well, to the Planet of Breasts. It's just like... <laughs> That's not the fantasy you, you want that, to associate with kids, Java. Next no, time. no. But it's the same kind of thing. It's, it's the same kind of thing where you, you, you sit back and you think, you know what would be great? Journey to the planet of the breasts. And also, <laughs> we if I handed the these 10 year olds weapons and let we them go. Put, yeah, exactly. <laughs> And, and we if can you're bet just tuning on them. in right now. Let me just give a recap. We've talked about fixing elections, children killing children, <laughs> and breasts. Yeah. Welcome. Somebody somewhere is going. This is the best episode ever. <laughs> well, and it doesn't get any worse because the thing is, uh, Journey to the Planet of the Breasts isn't isn't that far off from. John Carter of Mars. <laughs> John Carter. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I think what, what, and keep in mind that's a Disney movie. Which well, is, that's why going to suffer for. No, that's why Disney does not want you to see the John Carter comic. Oh, that we have a link to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we do, a, don't we? There's an old John Carter comic that surfaced, and man, it's pretty. Um, Raunchy. Naked. It's naked. There's. It's <laughs> very naked. There really is no other word. Very, very naked. There is Martian uh, nakedness. Yeah. Martian booty call. <laughs> oh, wait a and second. Our and our link has the thing censored. What the heck is this? Where's where's? No, no, no. Just, just click, click on the click on, click on the blocks. It'll they'll go away. <laughs> I, I, where though? True. This is not like this, this is not like your, your fantasy. Like, yeah, let's see some Deja Thoris action. This is like, oh my god, I'm looking at the, the people in that nudist colony, and they should be, they should stay there. <laughs> there should be a giant cement wall so we never see these people again. <laughs> Dang, I don't even know what to say. Dang, and and that's why <laughs> Disney doesn't want you. Yeah. <laughs> There's, a, there's some of that, too. So what the hell? Oh, my God. Everyone close the comic so you can continue the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, Disney does not want you to see these Jiminy Crickets. <laughs> I don't want you to see them either. Don't put up this link. Oh, my God. That is possible. That's the most disturbing shit I have seen in decades. Not weeks, not months, not years. Decades. Oh, excited, Dome. Nice going. Well, don't tell me. Next you'll be telling me your hair is going to fall out. You know what? But, uh, you know what? The, these comics were obviously drawn by somebody who had been who has been eating squirrel meat. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. We have found out 
that squirrel meat can cause people to be crazy. And, you know, we had a cat that used to tell us that, and we didn't listen to him, and now he's gone. <laughs> well, I think the fact that this cat told us that we were going crazy might in itself be an issue. Yeah. No, that's, you know the thing... Are you Explain something there, Rex. I don't understand what you're trying to say. I think he's been eating some squirrels. Um, the, <laughs> the thing that I find most interesting about this story is that the reason that we know about this is because people have been exhibiting symptoms of mad cow disease after eating squirrel brains. Oh, now, Maybe now, they shouldn't. It, it, the, the thing... This story is set in Kentucky, so you can you can believe okay. a lot about Kentucky, but squirrel brains. I was going to say West Virginia, but you wow. know. And and I just want to say these stories are why we try to have a guest whenever possible. <laughs> <laughs> really? Because I'm fascinated by this. Please tell me more. <laughs> that, that, that's it. Uh, apparently, squirrels have mad cow disease now. And that sucks to the squirrels. Poor squirrels. And it's yes. entering into humans because they're eating those squirrels. Eating squirrel brains. Mm. I mean, how much, okay. how much wow. nourishment can you really get from a squirrel's brain? I mean, what's well, the... Do you make, like, a big pot of them? Are they, like... <laughs> Are they like, uh, you know, mini wieners? That, like those... Like, <laughs> do you just... Do you just... sauce and just squirrel meat? Yeah, do, do you, do you just you pour say? some barbecue sauce in there and then scoop them out into a bowl and eat them with a toothpick? I don't understand. It's I do not know, although I have been actually in real life by a real person who really meant it, been told that squirrels is good eaten. Oh, my... <laughs> Stay in oh. And if you can't get no squirrel, you can eat your belt. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what that means, and I don't want to know what that means. <sighs> Boy. And you know what? Some you know of those why? people who are such big fans of squirrel meat are uh, obviously um, in charge of Fox. <laughs> I don't know. I think wow. that this one was a There's smart decision. A I think I think Fox has made possible. Well, actually, Fox has turned to cannibalizing itself in, in, in this particular case by canceling Terra Nova, because uh, the interesting thing is that 20th Century Television, which is an arm of Fox, is who produces Terra Nova. They are shopping it around to other networks, though. Yeah, but uh, the the production costs of Terra Nova are so expensive that you know. Also, no one watches it. Just, well, I mean, <laughs> just oh, I'm sorry. I, it's I kind of a dual-edged sword, isn't it? <laughs> I tried. I, I I didn't even try. I'm not even going to lie about it. I didn't try to watch Terra Nova. It looked like a piece no. of shit. And you know what? Yeah. The BBC what? was able to do more with their little budget on Downton Abbey than Fox was able to do with a huge budget on Terra Nova, which was make a show that people want to watch. So, you know what, Fox? Welcome back, Zombrarian. Thanks. <laughs> Fox, Did you, you keep eating them here? squirrel brains. And, uh... <laughs> or, you know, what we could infer from this, we can infer that while it makes normal people crazy, it makes Fox executives make sane, logical decisions. 
Uh, yeah, I, I don't think this was, this may have been the first smart decision Fox has made in a long time, to the, be honest The with crazy you. decision was making Terra Nova in the first place. I, I, I can't disagree with that. I mean, you know, they, they sat there and they spent enormous sums of money based on three things. Space flight, dinosaurs, and Spielberg. And that usually those things go together pretty well and work. But I mean, that's all no, there no, no. was. No. That's that's a, that's a, a thing. That's like a, a triangle that that only works when you only use two of those things. Thank oh, you. That's true. Space yeah. flight and dinosaurs, golden. Spielberg and dinosaurs, golden. Spielberg and space flight, golden. Spielberg and space flight and dinosaurs. Basically, they spent a lot of money on something no one was even excited about in the first place. And now they're surprised that no one watched it. There we go. You know, the problem problem is that people have been trying to make um, Time Safari Inc. as a story for a long time. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, it just doesn't work. It really doesn't. I mean, well, I mean, you know, that story has been around for blah, blah, blah years. And I mean, you know, hundreds of science fiction writers have taken stabs at it. Hundreds of movie people have taken stabs at it. Hundreds of uh, Wait a minute. television I'm people. Suffi- Are sure. you talking about the Ray Bradbury story, uh, Sound of Thunder? Butterfly yeah. Effect? Oh. Butterfly Effect, sure. I mean, you know, I, that's, that's a staple of science fiction, that whole, you know, going back in time making the mistake or going back in time and killing your uncle or whatever. Screwing something up and right. then it messes everything yeah. up. Oh, Hitler, why do you got to be such a dick? <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, Adolf, I think... That Misfits episode was so good. I'm yeah. sorry. Didn't you watch Grimm last week? Hitler was, yes, a, Hitler. Hitler was a werewolf. Yeah. That's yeah. right, he was. He's a bird thing. No, he wasn't. He was some. I thought he was bird thing. He was no. a werewolf, I think, or was, something like he that. He was a yeah, a blue button. I'm sorry. Say okay. what you want about Grimm. I am enjoying Grimm. It is a call it a guilty pleasure fun. if you want. Yeah, it's but dumb fun. I have fun watching yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Right. you know what it is. Back? You know what it is. Grimm is the American version of Lost Girl. It, seriously, you think so? Yeah, I, like I, I think it's about the same. I think it's about I would the agree same with that. kind of writing. I think it's about the same kind of humor. I mean, it doesn't have... Instead of having two hot women as the main characters, it has two kind of scruffy guys as the main characters. Which and doesn't instead of a lot of sex, there's a lot of violence, which is it works. American. Yeah, it, it's definitely... It's very American. American, that's for damn sure, yes. yeah. But I mean, but I, I love that blue body. He's my favorite person. I do too. Ever. I do yeah. too. Oh, totally agree. Best character on television today. See, in the same way that movies don't all have to be blockbusters, there's a place for a B movie. There's a real place for like you know, B level genre programming. And I'll, I'll tell you, Grimm's probably never going to win any awards in, in the genre community in the sci-fi community. But shit, it's fun. It really is. And, and you know, as soon as it, its season ends, it'll be just in time for Warehouse 13. You're right. You're right. There we go. And, and you know what? I want that because I want something that I don't... I, I will tell you what's happened to me uh, and my queue of television shows. I've got um, episodes of Fringe and I've got episodes of... Um, Walking Dead. Walking Dead that I will not watch. Like, I will... <laughs> 
<laughs> I won't. They will sit there, and I'll get three stacked up because I don't want to engage that much during the week. I have other... I understand what you mean. I have shit to do. I can't spend my time thinking about this. I've got things that I have to be involved in. So I want something that I can sit back and enjoy <clears throat> and still, you know... I don't know, browse the internet, read the news, and, and not feel Work like Work on I'm your modest out. proposal about giving 10-year-olds deadly weapons. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. But, yeah, no, you could do it, but you could watch it, and when you put your head up, there's enough action that you're like, oh, hey, that was really cool, and, and wow, I like that character, and, oh, that's an interesting... Hey, isn't that the Irish guy from Sons of Anarchy? I mean, <laughs> you can do that, and it doesn't take away from it. And you're okay oh. with that. Now, there and is a place, And then something funny though. happens, and you giggle. And something serious happens, and you giggle. <laughs> right, and you now, see the projector, great. and you're like, he's going to have to use that projector because he showed the projector. Right. So he's going to have to use it. There's, but, uh, no, there, there's like no suspense. There's no mystery. Nope. You know exactly what's happening. Because yep. it's not complex. It's not... In, it's not so deep that you can't understand it. You don't, you're not left at the end of the episode going, uh, 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 uh. But it's still really good fun. But now there is, you know, still though, there is a place for exceptionally well-written, dense written series. So what's going on with American Horror Story? Ooh, American Horror Story is doing something that I think is pretty fun. They have recast some, um, a few of the actors, including... A lot of the actors. A a lot lot of of the actors. actors. I think five or six of them. Um, Ooh! I'm so terrible with actor names. The guy who plays Tate is going to yeah. be back. Um, the woman who plays Nora, who is the 1920s housewife. Yes. She's back. Jessica Lange, who played Constance, is Yay! back. Yay! And Zachary Quinto is back. Oh, is and... he going to play the sassy gay character? No, no, no. no. Here's, here's what the they're thing. doing. That's the awesome thing. None of them are playing the same characters. It's a completely new and different story for a new season. It just happens to have a lot of the favorite characters. But you know what? That's what they promised they were going to do. They promised at the end of the season, if they came back for a second season, it was going to be new house, new situation, whole new storyline. And guess what? They didn't bullshit it. Thanks, And I'm hearing rumors. I'm hearing rumors that it's going to be a completely different genre of horror even. Instead of going for a ghost angle, they're going to go in a completely different direction. And instead of being set in a house, it's going to be set in a mental institution. So, oh, okay. I mean, I, I think that's interesting, but I don't care. I know. <laughs> oh, I loved Amer- American Horror yeah, but, Story. was so good. Yes, but it Zach- was like reading a good trashy novel. And Jessica awesome. the best thing in it, and I said that all the time. I said it so often that um, a couple of my coworkers deliberately sought me out to tell me, Heather, did you hear that Ryan Murphy said that the next season is going to be the Jessica Lange show? And I said, <laughs> because I'm so excited. Absolutely. She was, awesome. she was so amazing in that role. She carried the show a lot of yes, times. Yes, she did. Oh, yes, absolutely. Did. There were whole episodes where it was just, what is she doing? And nobody really gave a crap about anything else. Yeah. No, Absolutely. No, 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 no. Well, and you know what? Right you know you what? Can... James Cameron doesn't give a crap about much. <laughs> he doesn't. Wait. He is rich. Wait. Wait. Before you do that, before you do that, 
Java, I just want you to consider five words for American Horror Story. Zachary Quinto, sassy gay Spock. <laughs> oh, my God. And that was that, my favorite scene when him and Jessica Lynch had a fight. I would have watched that as a TV show. Oh, when they were fighting in the uh, in yeah, the nursery? Yeah, when they were bitching at each other in the oh nursery. Oh, my God. I would have oh. watched an hour of that five days a week, 52 <laughs> weeks a year. Yeah, that was fun. That was so much fun. Speaking of sassy gay Spock, James Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> you, you'll, you'll make that work however you want, won't you? Okay, go ahead. Hey, you figure it out. Speaking uh, of James Cameron. Well, no, I mean, he's he's rich as hell, right? He's got should, more yeah. money than, than he should have any right to have, <laughs> especially after Avatar. And Oh, he didn't deserve it after that, but what the hell? But but I'll tell you this. One of the things about rich people, and I know with no experience firsthand, uh, is <laughs> that they like to pretend like they are something that they are not. Uh-huh. And so what's James Cameron no one, pretending to do? Here's the, here's the really frustrating thing. No one's going to tell them that they aren't. Well, no, because they've got more money than, geez, you know, than, than, than anybody. You know, if you got money, you pay people to tell you what you exactly. want. Exactly. So no one's going to tell James Cameron that he's not a scientist. Because <laughs> he isn't. He's but a he's movie telling maker. everybody he is. But he's convinced everyone and himself that he is. And so he's decided that he's going to build a submarine so that he can go down into the depths of the ocean and film fish and other creatures in 3D. Well, you know what this means, don't you? <laughs> Bye, James. <laughs> it's been fun. Well, I mean, I'm I'm all for this. To be perfectly honest, I think that the the sea has been ridiculously unexplored, and I think that it's definitely worth it to catalog and and explore and learn because there's more stuff to be gained from going into the ocean than probably is to be gained from going to space. I'm sorry. I know that space is romantic and all that. And don't get me wrong. I spent about three hours today watching videos of time-lapse from the ISS uh, like being like projected of, of the Aurora Borealis over the Earth. And it was beautiful and amazing. But I think that it's a, a lot more interesting to go down into the ocean and see what's down there because... We have no clue, and that's, no, we don't. That's part of the Earth that we've never even thought, been able to explore. And so he's bringing um, this new submarine, which is the supposedly uh, going to go deeper than any submarine has ever gone before. It's called Challenger Deep, and he's and it's going green. To, it's it's green. lime green. Um, and that's he's the going important to, thing. He's going to create a three D <laughs> documentary called Deep Sea Challenge, and. Um, it's going to be a 3D feature film to try to go deeper than anyone has ever gone before. Hey, Hi. what do you call it when two things that you never thought would go together come together in the most amazingly cool way? Reese's peanut butter cup. Yay! <laughs> okay, I call it Douglas Adams wrote a Doctor Who book. That I'd never heard well, of. That has nothing to do with James Cameron at all. So I not at all. <laughs> <thrown off. laughs> I was over here 
on uh you were in the Marietta's trench man wait a minute okay now we're talking (laughs) doctor who well yeah we are (laughs) hey i'm okay with it i love doctor who Oh, I've got it. It, it, there, it. There's something in there for we were talking about space and the doctor is in space. And, there you go. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, I'm not the king or of how about, how about, uh, you know, speaking of going places that have never been gone to before, Doctor Who. Well, I just kind of think that, you know, when my favorite writer, one of my favorite writers, has written uh, an episode for one of my favorite series that was lost for decades. Uh, Dome? Yes? Uh, uh, are you talking about Shada? I am talking about Shada. Okay, because I've owned a copy Shada. for the last 15 years. Ah, uh, and, you know... And, and then there's the, ep- the, episode, the treatment that he wrote for Tom Baker, but go ahead. And to quote Tom Baker, Shada! <laughs> we do we do have to be you know would you like to borrow it well, no i mean we have to be perfectly clear here because uh douglas adams was the script editor for doctor who in like the late yes. 70s right 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 so the later it's one of those later, things but... that you, i i actually never knew about Do- uh douglas really? adams yeah oh my god i mean all right hold on wait so enlighten me x please okay little dome Come on up here. Sit on my lap. I'm going to sit on <laughs> Uncle X's lap. <laughs> Creepy Uncle X. Here we go. <laughs> okay. Yes, Douglas Adams originally wrote a treatment for Tom Baker's early run with uh, Sarah Jane where it was Doctor Who versus the Cricket Men. And that ended up being rejected, but he turned it into the novel Life, the Universe, and Everything. And uh, then he was hired, and he got to write most of the episode, The Pirate Planet. But he did a full series called Shada, which was uh, never aired because there was, a, there was a strike at the BBC. And they only right. got to film about 70% of it. Uh, but they have since, BBC since uh, released a version of it where Tom Baker reads the script for the unfilmed segments. And he uh, shows. Yeah, he does his I'm Tom Baker and I'm absolutely crazy voice. <laughs> oh, yeah, he does seem pretty crazy. In I mean, it is a, it's a catchphrase with some of my friends. With just, just, a, just a burst out, Shada! Because you're like, Tom, why the hell did you just do that? But it's a good story. It's a really fun story. It's, uh, it's with the second Romana, Lala Ward. Yay! Dead Redhead's favorite. Well, and, and here's the thing. Like, I had never contemplated it before, but Douglas Adams fits with Doctor Who, like... Absolutely. Very, very well, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I, I couldn't totally see that. I mean, I really, really can. You know, it's funny because when I stumbled across this article, I just kind of went, oh, shit, yeah. Well, I mean, that was my first response. Well, if you want to learn more about this, read the book called, it's the, the Douglas Adams biography called Don't Panic, and it was written by a young up-and-coming writer called Neil Gaiman. Oh, who the hell is he? Yeah. Hmm. 
Hmm. This was I mean, pre-Sandman Neil Gaiman. He had see, just written like a, a, a Duran Duran biography <laughs> and he to do the Douglas Adams one. No, yeah. I mean, and he, that, that just gets you into the whole topic of how incestuous this, this whole genre is. It really is. It's disgusting. I don't know if it's disgusting because I think in a lot of ways it's really interesting to see where some of this stuff came from. I'm you not know. saying it's bad. I love it. It's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, Java, I, I, need to, I need to say something to you. To you, young man. Uh, last week, you put a, a link up in our document about uh, a show, uh, a web show. Ah. That we never got a chance to talk about. Did you watch it? The show is called L5. And holy shit. Yes, I did watch it. And I was blown the fuck away. Did you watch it? I absolutely did. Uh, X, Dead Redhead, did you get a chance? Zombery? No. Oh, my God. Grab the link. And, and we'll post it again because it we is... We post the link because this is fucking amazing. Uh, and and I, I would really like to get, you know, these guys on the show because they are fantastic. I, the, the, the show is just amazing. And what, what really blows me away is that this isn't their first project. Um, uh, if you need to know more about it, it, you can go to L5series.com, and that's the home website. It's by a production company called Hemoglobin, and it's... It's their it's their new series where which uh, it focuses on uh, basically a long range mission to colonize or at least explore a, a potentially ha- habitable planet um, a long ways away and it's a twenty year journey and the people are in um, stasis for the whole time and and they they go and they find out that the planet is dead there's nothing there and so they come back. And the computer on the way back has decided that it is not a good idea to come back in the same time frame. So it keeps them in stasis longer and slows down the ship. So they come Uh back significantly later than they were supposed to. And when they do, things are not as they expected. Trouble Uh, ensues. What is the fairy tale that that's based on with the guy who goes to sleep in the mountain? Stiltskin. No. No, no, no. Um, Oh, the Washington Irving story. Yeah, Yeah. the guy falls asleep. Yeah, Mr. Magoo had had an adaptation. uh, Wakes uh, up and his his wife is dead and he's happy about it. What? She's a bitch. Not you. No, No, I'm so serious. She was evil. She was an evil, evil person. I can't believe I can't think of this now. I know exactly. I can't either. Rip Van Winkle! That's it! Bob Van Winkle. Yeah, there we go. Did you not hear me? Brigadoon. (laughs) (laughs) No, it it, it kind of is. I mean, you just have to see it because it's about, uh, I think it's about 45 minutes long, the pilot, right? Yeah. it yeah, might be yeah, an hour. Yeah. It might That's be an hour long. long. For a web series. But, uh, but holy crap. Just un- 
freaking believable. Sorry. Well, now, you know, wait. I, I just borrowed a DVD of Godzilla versus a smog monster, so there's priorities, but I will get to it. Well, here's the thing also. This, this project uh, was on Kickstarter, okay? Way oh, back in, really? Way back in August. And yeah, this is like six months ago, seven months ago. And they had a goal of $10,000, and that's not all the money that's going into the production. So you've got a full-blown production here. Not only that, but uh, according to the blog uh, or the production blog, every single shot has uh, digital artwork in it. Has some it does. Of- it's you know, and, and I'll tell you, I, I popped it onto uh, uh, a high def uh, viewer so that I could see it in high def, and oh my god, <laughs> I'm sorry. This is this is as good a series as you can put together. Now, this was just episode one, correct? Yes. And in order to watch them, you can... There's only one way you can watch them. No, there are two ways. You can download Visually. You can download them on Torrent, and they're available right when they're released. Or you can pay for streaming. And I think that you get a little bit more access to them before that. Um, and and you're basically buying a membership, a subscription, so that you can see all of them. Uh, go over to l5series.com, uh, l5-series.com. Check it out. It is definitely worth your time. Excellent. Cool. Hey, uh, you know, it's not, in the, right it's not in the dock, but uh, speaking of Kickstarter, one of our um, our regular guests, the Silver Circle folks, Yes. Did yeah. you see they were in the news this week? No. That was cool. Oh, that was a pretty cool thing. Uh, Silver Circle was hyping the hell out of this. Uh, apparently, to for their um, their movie, they have created some silver coins as yeah. uh, to sell and give away and all this. Ron Paul <laughs> held one up no in a way. press conference. And was talking about how we need to get back on the gold and silver standards. Oh, dear. And they're freaking out going, Ron Paul, this is in the movie props. <laughs> so I don't know if that's a good guys thing or a bad Circle. thing. I know. It's kind of your feet towards. You know what? I don't. Politics be damned. It's a coup for friends of the show. Absolutely is. Yeah. Good for them. Good for you guys. It's true. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. One more shout out that's not on there that really has not too much. It's it falls more under the cool shit that we like section. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's about food, so we can all appreciate that. Um, Squirrel. I ended up getting off of Etsy because um, we've talked about Etsy before and people yeah. doing their own little companies. And uh, my the dead redhead's mother really likes pedophores. And it's been very difficult for me to find them for her wait, because wait, wait, I'll wait, find wait, wait. them. No, don't do it. Don't do it, Java. Don't do it. <laughs> please, please be nice. I just, I please just, be nice. Please be nice to I want folks. to confirm that you said pinafores. No, I no. said petty, petty fours. Petty fours. They're little teeny Petifors. tiny cakes, Java. They're little cakes. They're I have, made of pound cake of with marzipan and... and Almond paste and things like that. Java, you've never heard of them because you're uncultured. <laughs> okay, they're little. They're everything that she just said, 
in space. <laughs> Pedophores. Petite Pedophores. Yes. 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 That's Google exactly what right right now. Yeah, you otherwise known as tubes, okay. but so much. <laughs> and I actually got some because you guys mentioned before the mom was coming out of the hospital. So I, got, I found some for her and I just wanted to, I got some from somebody named Amanda Bordine who runs on Etsy, a company called Dolce de Luna. And I figured Moon was in it, so I could at least connect it that way. She had Moon in the title of her company. But um, they're fabulous, and I didn't get them for free. I did have to pay full price, but I just wanted to put that out there, that they were amazing. And Amanda, you did a great job, and so I'm just giving you a shout-out because you were really cool. Very cool. Uh, Especially with all the other news items. Speaking of Moons... <laughs> yeah, you realize you realize Speaking we're working moons. under a full moon tonight. You realize that? Yes. Full moon and a solar stars. You have and to be speaking careful of moons, Java. It may not be a moon. It, you you have to be careful because it may not be a moon. Uh-oh. What In what fact, might it be? It might be the the soul of Ralph McCary looking down at us. Now, if you don't know who uh, Ralph McCary uh, uh, is, Ma- Ralph McCary was the... Wait, let X, let, let X tell you. Oh. <laughs> Ralph McCary is the... He il- was the... Go ahead. You go ahead, X. Okay. <laughs> he was the illustrator who was most responsible for the look of the Star Wars films. He designed the Darth Vader outfit, uh, C-3PO... Basically, the way all the movies looked, Ralph is responsible for. And, uh, you know, he was as important to those films as uh, John Williams was for the sound of it. I mean, you know, everyone says it's all George Lucas, but it really was a collaborative effort. And uh, he will be missed. And uh, if anyone wants to help me in my grief by sending me originals, I will accept them. (laughs) (laughs) The... The thing about the, the conceptual art for Star Wars, if you look at it, is, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable how he was able to capture the, the personality of these, of these characters in his artwork. I mean, that's the kind of thing that people strive for to, to, to do and, and envy when they can't. Uh, it's unbelievable. And even George Lucas, uh, who released a statement on his website, said that he could point to the pictures that this man had drawn and say, do it like this. Because while George Lucas created the characters, he was, Ralph was in charge of making them visible to the rest of us to give us the idea of who Darth Vader was, who C-3PO was, who you know what what these people who are so important to us and i know that that sounds you know kind of shallow just geeky uh, who these Let's people go. were right and that's very impressive when you read the original script and you're like oh my god <laughs> oh yeah yeah well you know that really, Ralph McQuarrie is kind of the definition of 
collaborating. Right, exactly. And speaking of Star Wars, to lighten the mood a bit, I'm going to tell you all my first world problem of the week, which Uh was I was in the grocery store and I got excited like a four-year-old child because on the front of the box of Cinnamon Toast Crunch was the coolest R2-D2 pen I have ever seen <laughs> in my life. And it says, it says Star Wars pen inside. And, of course, I grab the box, throw it in the cart, and, and I'm all excited. And I didn't look at the back of the box. So when I opened the box Monday morning, thinking, oh, it's Monday morning, but at least I'm about to get my R2-D2 pen, which I can bring to work, you know what I got? Oh, no. Jar Jar Binks. Oh, no. (laughs) There are nine pens. I could have gotten any one of them. And I got Jar Jar Binks, and I was expecting R2-D2, and that was my first world problem of the week. Wow. That is the problem, though. I feel your pain. Hey, my first world problem of the week is that the Back to the Future hoverboard, which will go on sale soon, is not an actual hoverboard. Well, wait a minute. What, but, what, what do you mean it's going on sale soon? The say, prop? Have we talked about this before? <laughs> the prop itself or, or uh, an actual hoverboard? Not the prop. No, not the prop, but Mattel is making a reproduction of the original hoverboard from Back to the Future Part 2. Okay. And um, it's but going to be available hover. for sale pretty quick. It but is I mean, an authentic prop replica. Okay. But it doesn't hover. So, it, it, uh, do you see something already... wrong? Do you see something wrong with the fact of them putting this out 20 years after the movie came out? I mean, seriously? Do, are we to think well, that, you know... Yes. Is this kind of like the broken what? sword that they put out after Lord oh. of the Rings came out? Yes! Oh, the swords of the Narsil. <laughs> hey, we Although, know somebody who bought yeah, that. Yeah, we know someone who bought that, and it was like, dude, you realize that if you waited for another movie, they'd have one that wasn't broken? <laughs> <laughs> but, Shut up. Okay. I'm going to put on my neck beard here and say that the shards of Narzil are a very important historical (laughs) artifact. I'm going to interrupt Java before he digs himself in too deep. (laughs) Because I have an awesome segue. You know what else is on sale that's way cooler? Uh Uh-oh. But um, in an episode of Castle, which is Nathan Fillion's current cop show, which has nothing to do with sci-fi, Except Nathan Fillion. And this episode, there was a steampunk episode in which he goes undercover to a steampunk club and he was wearing the most amazing cybernetic arm. And the prop house that made the arm has put it up for auction. And at the time of this podcast recording, it's at a little over $1,500. That's it? Yeah, I know. So, everybody... I've got a kidney that's worth that. Exactly. (laughs) Empty your... Get jettison your non-vital organs. (laughs) And go out and buy Nathan Fillion's steampunk arm. 
Oh my lord. And on that note, X. <laughs> what have we got coming up in the next couple of weeks? Well, let's see. Coming up next week, folks, we have Tom Snigowski, artist, writer, and featured guest of the Boston Comic-Con, well-known for doing his adaptations of Hellboy, Buffy, Angel, and a whole bunch of other licensed product. And Fangirl Kriana is supposed to be enjoying this one. Yes. (laughs) I'm sure she will. (laughs) Then on... uh, then the week after that, we have Tracy Hickman returning with his latest novel, Blackshore, and the finally the release of his Batman story, Wayne of Gotham. Oh yes, you're kidding! That's going to be coming out in May, so he wants to hype that again. Awesome! Yay. But the week after that, <laughs> the hills have eyes for. They actors. do indeed. For actress Laura Ortiz, as she previews her upcoming FearNet original series, Holliston, in which she co-stars with Dee Snyder. The series is going to debut in April. We're going to get her before that. Hello! Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of the Boston Comic-Con and of Comic Art House, your one and only source for original comic artwork. Visit Bob and Kim at ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by the Traffic Lights. Pick up their CD, Hold a Folk, at RobWattsOnline.com. Dome? Oh, it's been an interesting night, and I want to thank uh, our cast for bearing with us under the full moon of hell here. (laughs) 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 From the Revere Time Vortex, Grammar Girl Zombrian, thank you, sweetheart. You're very welcome, Dome. From the Four Color Vault of Comics, Illustrator X and the Dead Redhead. Guys, you were terrific tonight. Thank you. You can still call me Soledad. Mm. (laughs) Are you going to say anything, X? And how can I follow that? You can by doing it quietly. From Outpost California, Damien Edifort, awake by Java. Java, thank you, buddy. Or not. I'm a little disappointed at the smoothness in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> this is wow. Don't Saying Genie Shared Painters Lesson, Shared Joys Increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. I know.